For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good morning, everyone. First of all, a happy Mother's Day to any of you who are mothers uh, here or online, and for anybody else who has mothers. So, happy Mother's Day. We're nearing the end, not quite, of our practice commitment period in which we've been talking about um, sections, chapters of the Imalakirti Sutra, about the great awakened layman of Shakyamuni's time. And actually, we've had talks now on all of the, more than one, some of the uh, selected chapters that we were highlighting. I want to go back today to talk about chapter one, which is uh, the assembly of the Buddha before the Malakirti appears. So, uh, start with some excerpts from the translation by Robert Thurman, which we've been using. References from there. And, you know, one thing is that uh, it talks about all of the different bodhisattvas who are present. But it, it talks about the first chapter is about the Buddha field, or Buddha land, the pure land that is created when a Buddha awakens, which is to say all of the space or land or terrain and all of the assembly around the Buddha becomes a Buddha field. And uh, yeah, so, The Buddha says that, talking to one of the disciples, Shariputra, not yet a Bodhisattva, he says, living beings born in the same Buddha field see the splendor of the virtues of the Buddha fields, of the Buddhas according to their own degree of purity. So we all see the Buddha field differently. And uh, one of the, Buddha says, one of the uh, people from the town of Ochavi, where Vimalakirti lives, who was there in the assembly, has attained conformative tolerance of ultimate earthlessness. So I've talked about this many times during the practice period, this basic teaching, this primary teaching, in Sanskrit, I'm a part of the Dharma Shanti. Uh, here, here uh, uh, Thurman translates as the tolerance of ultimate birthlessness. We can also read it as the patience with the ultimate ungraspability or unknowability of anything. This is um, very important teaching, very important awareness. And I'll come back to it later, but just this patience with the fact that we can't totally get a hold of anything. This is described as equivalent to the complete awakening of the Buddha. So um, in this in this chapter, there's also uh, descriptions of the assembly, all the different beings who are in the Buddhist assembly at the time when this sutra begins, uh, 
and in his description of how they've all reached the transcendence or the, the paramita, the bodhisattva practices, generosity, uh, tolerance or patience, uh, morality, effort, meditation, wisdom, uh, skillful means or still liberative technique, which is very important, and vow, commitment, which is also very important. Powers or abilities in and knowledge. So anyway, uh, that won't be a test, but this is some of you have heard this many times before. So just to review. Uh, and then there's a list of numbers of names of different bodhisattvas. It's compared to some other sutras like the ornament sutra, it's fairly, fairly short list, but there are names of many bodhisattvas, uh, most of which we have not heard of or are not so prominent in East Asia and Zen. Ratna Sura, Ratna Priya, Ratna Sri, Indra Jala, Jalani, Ganja, and so forth. But also Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of Compassion, we've heard about. Mahastam Krapta, who sometimes Avalokiteshvara Kanon's Compassion, the Bodhisattva of Great Strength. Uh, Maitreya, the next future Buddha, and Bodhisattva, <coughs> and Manjushri, who's on our altar sitting below, Shakyamuni. Uh, Manjushri, Bodhisattva, insight and wisdom. So, so these are all of these folks are present, uh, and, and also many disciples and spirits uh, in this Buddha field of Shakyamuni. And as is true in many sutras where the assembly is described, there are also uh, many spirits and disciples and other uh, sometimes strange beings who are part of the assembly, part of the Buddha field. Uh, the sutra talks about the purification of the Buddha field, how that happens. So this is sort of a review, but also I want to reemphasize this idea of the Buddha field, of the Buddha land, which is very important to us uh, and very important in, well, in all of Buddhism, but particularly in East Asian Buddhism. The Buddha says, a Buddha field of bodhisattvas is a field of living beings. Why so? A bodhisattva embraces a Buddha field to the same extent that they cause the development of living beings. So bodhisattvas help to develop all living beings. This is their main mission. And therefore, they embrace the Buddha field. They embrace the Buddha field um, to the same extent that living beings become disciplined, become aware, become engaged in the practice. They embrace the Buddha field, these bodhisattvas, to the extent, extent that through entrance into a Buddha field, living beings are introduced to the Buddha, Buddha knowledge. So as we enter a Buddha field, and in our case, the Saha world of Shakyamuni Buddha, uh, we are introduced to Buddha knowledge, Buddha awareness. So this happens for us through, through zazen, just simply through upright sitting, but also um, through uh, studying, through listening to Dharma talks, through um, reading sutras and Zen talks. But all of those are, for us are about supporting and encouraging our practice. So the sutra says, Bodhisattva embraces the Buddha field to the extent that through entrance into that Buddha field, living beings increase their sacred spiritual faculties. So Bodhisattvas encourage other Bodhisattvas to develop their spiritual faculties through these different teachings, through these different, different awarenesses that arise naturally as part of just sitting, sitting upright. And uh, the Buddha addresses 
his disciple. This is so because the Buddha field of Bodhisattva springs from the aims of living beings. So our intention is very important. Our caring about the world is very important. Total dedication and high resolve are very important. So uh, it goes, the Buddha goes on to say, Bodhisattva's Buddha field is their mind of total dedication. When they attain awakening, the ornaments of all virtues will appear in this Buddha field, in their Buddha field. So many of the Mahayana Sutras, including the Malakirti, talk a lot about adornments and uh, how entering the Buddha field, constellating the Buddha field, there are many abundance, like all the cushions in this room, like the Buddha, like the planet behind the Buddha, like all the people in this room and all the people online. Many adornments to Buddha field arise uh, through this total dedication of bodhisattvas. Um, also, um, the bodhisattva's virtuous application is tantamount to the high resolve. Their high resolve is tantamount to their determination. Their determination is tantamount to their practice. Their practice is tantamount to total dedication. Total dedication tantamount to their liberative technique. Their liberative technique is tantamount to their development of living beings. So this, this development of living beings is tantamount Sutra continues to the purity of their Buddha field. So, um, this is a little bit about the Buddha field that is created. And again, it emphasizes this uh, patience with the ungraspability of all things. Again, Theory, trans, theory Thurman translates it as tolerance of the birthlessness of things. This has to do with realizing that we need to give up our sense of controlling the world and its events. Of course, there are many things that we can control. All of you in this room were able to arrange your life and the world in order to get here. All of you online were likewise able to arrange your situation so that you would be joining us, thank you, online today. So uh, we have control, sort of control of some things, but ultimately, ultimately, the Sutra and the Buddhas encourage us to realize that we do not have, that ultimately, to be patient with the fact that ultimately we cannot uh, understand or grasp or control events, dharmas, beings, to be flexible about our sense of this. So I want to uh, I want to come back to the sutra and some comments about Buddha field by Etienne Lamont, who was one of the first translators, maybe the first translator of the sutra, an academic translation in 1962 into French. I'll come back to that because um, he also has an extensive note about Buddha fields that I want to talk about. But first, I want to uh, note and honor the founder of our branch of Buddhism, Ehe Dogen, who lived in the 13th century in Japan, a monk who went to China when he was young and brought back 
this lineage that we are part of. And we will be chanting later during our service the self-fulfillment samadhi, Gigi Zaman. And Dogen, you know, is not, he doesn't do anything that's totally original. He's he's very well read, it's well known in the uh, all of the teachings of the Buddha way from a very young age. But he does something very creative with them. And even in his very first uh one of his first writings, Ben Dawa, discussions on engaging the way, in the section of it that we will chat called Tiji Zamaira's self fulfillment or self enjoyment or self realizing samadhi, which is another way of talking about Zazen. Um, Dogen applies this idea of the Buddha field to Zazen practitioners, to all of us in a very uh, unique and creative way. Because, of course, uh, Dogen, one of his main, many main teachings is that just to, just does it, just to sit upright, as we, as we do, is itself realization of awakening. So uh, this practice realization, we don't do this zazen practice, this meditation, exercise, you might think of it as, we don't do that to achieve something in the future. We're not practicing to, as a method to realize some higher state of being, state of mind or awareness. We, as Dogen says very, very often, we sit just to see what is already here deeply. So we're uh, blessed today to have somebody sitting their first period of Zaza. Please repeat your name. Jacob. Jacob, hi, welcome. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so from the very first time, one sits, according to Dogen, all of practice realization is present. We may not realize it, we may not see it, we may feel, you know, some difficulty in, in sitting posture, we might uh, realize that our mind is racing around and there's all these thoughts and feelings. Nevertheless, what we will chant later is related to this idea of the Buddha field. That when, and Dogen says that when one person awakens, the whole realm, the whole field, all of space around them becomes awakening. So I'm, I'm going to read an extended section of what we're going to chant later. Dogen says, when one displays the Buddha mudra with one's whole body and mind, and the Buddha mudra, mudras are sometimes, you know, this or this or this, or, or our sitting mudra that, like this, but also our whole posture and physical presence and awareness is a kind of mudra, Buddha's mudra. We sit like Buddha, whether we're sitting full lotus or half cross-legged or on a chair or kneeling, we are sitting like Buddha, upright. So, again, Dogen says, when one displays this Buddha mudra with one's whole body and mind, sitting upright in this samadhi, even for a short time, everything in the entire Dharma world becomes Buddha mudra, and all space in the universe completely becomes awakening. So this is... uh, powerful, radical statement, according to our usual sense of Newtonian physics or whatever. Um, But um, he's really talking about what happens when the Buddha field is constellated. All space in the universe completely becomes awakening. He goes on, Dogen says, therefore it enables that is to say, Buddhists, to increase the Dharma joy of their own original grounds and renew the adornment of the way of awakening. So each of us is renewing the adornments of the way of awakening just by being here this morning. Simultaneously, he continues, all living beings of the Dharma world in the ten directions and six realms become clear and pure in body and mind, realize great emancipation, and their own original face appears 
at that time, all things together awaken to supreme awakening and sit upright under the regal Bodhi tree. At the same time, they turn the incomparable great Dharma wheel and begin expressing ultimate and unfabricated profound prajna or insight of wisdom. So this is what Dogen claims happens when we sit in Buddha Mudra, even for a short time. And this is, uh, and to connect it with the Vimalakirti Sutra, this is exactly what the Vimalakirti Sutra is describing as the creation of Buddha fields. But Dogen is applying it to our practice and our world and our lives. Again, this is, uh, you know, based on our usual sense of reality, of the world being composed of objects, cushions, carpets, tables, maps, candles, flowers. We usually think of those as objects, dead objects. We think about that about other people, too. Sometimes we think about that of ourselves. But this is not reality. The sutra is saying that, and Dogen is saying that, when we are willing to take this Buddha Mudra, this body and mind state of uprightness and awakening, it changes everything in the whole world. Again, this is not our usual way of thinking, but I uh, was just exposed to a wonderful Nova PBS documentary about, partly it's about Einstein, but it's really about quantum entanglement. So um, if you email me, I can send you a link to this, this incredible film, or just email info at agentdragon.org and I can send it out. Uh, quantum entanglement is current physics, science, that says bizarre things, that went, but they've, they've demonstrated this. They have, they have done scientific experiments which verify that a particle or an event in one solar system is connected simultaneously, for example, to an event in another solar system. That doesn't make sense to us. <coughs> Things that happen in Chicago right now are totally entangled with events that are happening in California or Japan or the Ukraine right now. That's current physics science. And so science is catching up with Mahayana Buddhism here in the 21st century. But I want to go back to the sutra. Again, this is from Etienne Lamotte's early trans academic translation into French in 1962. Uh, this is a translation of the Mahakirti Sutra that was then translated into English in 1976 by Sarah Bowen. And it's uh, very dense and academic and, and full of um, elaborate footnotes and, and uh, academic contexts. Uh, there's a recent translation that I have not had a chance to see that President Alan Sanaki mentioned in this here recently by Louis Gomez and Paul Harrison. And it's a tr new translation from a Sanskrit version of this sutra that uh, has recently been discovered. So, uh, as the world turns, so to speak, new discoveries are happening in Buddhism and in uh, quantum physics. But uh, going back to Lamont, he has a quite extensive note about Buddha Kshetra. Kshetra means fields, Buddha fields or Buddha lands. 
So amongst other things that Rumat says in his note, he says that adorning the Buddha field is done through great compassion, the great compassion of Buddha, the great compassion that helps ripen beings, is the word he used. To ripen beings is to help beings realize this reality. So uh, this great compassion adorns Buddha fields. Also, our practice of vow, practice of vow by bodhisattvas, is very important to the creation and adornment of these Buddha fields, of the Buddha Kshetra. So, uh, vow is, and we sometimes talk about this in terms of commitment, just the commitment to show up in Sitsasana. They give it a minute to show up and sit together with others, whether in person or online. This vow uh, seems like it, the word vow is is very uh, controversial. We think of wedding vows or the four bodhisattva vows or you know these uh, eternal vows. But vow also has to do with commitment to take on some project take on some commitment to accomplish something, to arrange something, to adorn something. So some of the people here are taking on vows or commitments to support our session next weekend. Our first three days session since 2019. So we are renewing our practice from the pandemic and from this that disruption of everything in the world. How do we commit ourselves to taking care of this world, taking care of this Buddha field? So when we do that, we are creating a Buddha field. We are adorning a Buddha field. There are many examples of that in this room. So many of you have taken on projects or commitments to take on something, to do something that is helpful. Wade and David Ray, as technos, have taken took on the commitment to make our hybrid system that allows online people to join us to to make that more more accessible for everyone. So thank you. Thank you all. All of you, again, are involved in this practice of vow, which includes, you know, the great Bodhisattva vows we'll chant later, inconceivable vows, but um, also just everyday vows to take care of a garden, like the beautiful garden out back here to take care of cleaning the temple as we will do after service uh, and so forth. So Lamont's note on Buddha Kshetras, on Buddha fields, also says that there are as many Buddha fields as Buddhas. Each Buddha, each awakened one, creates a Buddha field. And as the Sutras tell us this means that there are infinite Buddha fields. So the uh, Tamsaka Flower Adornment Sutra that some of us uh, recite and study, and we have recitation once a month, clarifies that there are good. Countless Buddhas in each atom. This again is not how we usually think of reality. And each Buddha is accompanied by many bodhisattvas. 
so that there are infinite Buddha fields. Ramat has a lot of information about Buddha fields. He says there are three kinds. There are pure, impure, and mixed Buddha fields. And in chapter one of the Ramakirti Sutra, there's a whole discussion about this because Shariputra thinks that the Buddha field is in the Saha world that we are all in, the world of endurance, is impure. So what does that mean about Buddha's past practice? And there's a demonstration of how it's, it's actually pure, but it's, it's subjective. Beings are, are pure, impure, or mixed, pure and pure. Subjectively, based on how beings see them. So how we see reality in the world changes the world. This is also a basic principle in physics. I think that's part of the Heisenberg principle, that, it, that, how, that when we observe something, when, when, when an event is observed, it changes it. And in, if I, I don't quite to understand quantum physics or quantum entanglement, but it seems like they are saying that how we see events, that, that things exist, things only exist when they are observed in some cases. So uh, modern physics is as strange and wild as um, Bodhisattva teachings. So we live in, so all of, well, all of this, all of these Buddha fields are based on mind, based on how we see things, and also based on emptiness. All the Buddha fields are empty. And at some point, Brahma um, says, all the Buddha fields are actually one Buddha field, even though they have different, they may seem to have different qualities. And in the Mahakirti Sutra, there are Buddha fields in great, you know, many light years away. And sometimes some of those beings from those other Buddha fields show up in the Mahakirti's room. It's, um, it's not how we usually see things. This is a very radical sutra, very radical teaching. It unsettles our usual conception of reality. It's challenging. So, the Saha world, the Buddha field that we all live in, Shakyamuni Buddha's Buddha field is called the Saha world, or the world of endurance. It's a difficult world. Maybe I'll talk more about this tomorrow evening, but there are bodhisattvas from different Buddha fields who are warned when you go to the Malakirti's room, um, hide all your light and beauty because they won't be able to stand it in that Saha world. And also, please uh, be gracious and don't hold them in contempt because they're so tiny and pure. And that's um, but also, and, and um, even though it's the Saha world in the Lotus Sutra, thanks to Shakyamuni, this earth splits open and tens of thousands of wonderful bodhisattvas spring forth from out of the center of the earth, from under the ground this house is built on. So it's easy for us to see all the impurities of our world, and it's not that we should ignore that. How do we take care of the difficulties in our world, the injustices and the environmental destruction that's happening now? But how do we see it changes it? So this is an an advanced, challenging teaching. 
But this is basic to bodhisattva teaching and bodhisattva practice. Bodhisattvas are awakening beings who help all beings awaken. Lamar also says that all Buddha fields are themselves sentient beings. This whole planet, this whole world, this whole solar system is a kind of sentient being. It has a kind of awareness, has capacity to act, to support living beings. Buddha's great awakening empowers all sentient beings, which is to say all Buddha fields and all the beings within these Buddha fields and all the beings, microscopic beings within our, within our bodies and in the square foot of soil. So the world is much more, reality is much more, uh, the surgery uses the word inconceivable, beyond our conceptions. It's much more wonderful and strange than anything we can imagine. So again, the sutra says, says in his note about Buddha lands that all Buddha lands are actually one Buddha land. And that's kind of strange and how that translates into quantum entanglement that seems relevant. And also that Buddha lands are all inclusive. Buddha lands include all beings. So this is kind of trippy stuff, but how do we actually in our own lives, in our own practice, support Buddha fields, adorn Buddha fields, allow Buddha fields to be Buddha fields? How do we cultivate rather than control our responses and our offerings to each other and our world and to all the Buddha fields. So our practice is to develop uh, this quality of responsiveness, responding to all of the difficulties and sufferings that also can be seen in our Buddha field. And again, we saw how world is the world of endurance, the world of difficulty. So actually, from another point of view, this is a very advanced Buddha field to be practicing. This is a Buddha field in which bodhisattvas are most challenged. And I've heard, I can't, I don't, I don't, can't verify this firsthand, but I've heard that bodhisattvas from many, many different Buddha fields are kind of lined up all waiting to be born in this Buddha field because they know that this is where they are most needed and where they can make the biggest difference. So this is an opportunity for all of us. How do we adorn the Buddha field? How do we develop and cultivate our ability to respond, our ability to make offerings to each other and this world and all beings, even beings who are suffering greatly. And again, just to to um, review, this has this is related to this important teaching in the Mahaprabhu Sutra, Anapadakadana Shanti. I love saying that in Sanskrit, but it means patience, tolerance, with the ungraspability, the unknowability the inability to control all the many things. Because we are part of that. We are part of that field of quantum entanglement. We can't really understand or get a hold of. So, uh, this is kind of wild stuff. Uh, 
and I could keep babbling, but I won't. So any of you who have comments, responses, questions about any of this or anything else, please feel free. And David Ray, you can help me call on people in on Zoom. And um, oh, Co has her hand up, I think. So I'm going to start with you, Co. Hi. Thanks for joining us from Cleveland. Can you hear me, Co? Is that an accidental hand, or is that your hand, or am I imagining? Um, I, I don't think there's a hand, and I'm I'm feeding a, a little monster uh, lunch, so I, I'm I'm in and out with my attention. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that offering, and please take care of my ones. That is my intention. Um, Good. I think that's even your vow. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Eve. So I want to know more about um, the words that were translated this assembly and, and Guru Field. You said Kshetra is Guru Field, and what's assembly? Guru Kshetra in Sanskrit. This Kshetra means Buddha Kira. Yeah, but the root of the word Kshetra, um, I mean, you know, in English field, and it's got, you know, different senses. There's field in the sense of like a meadow. Um, the, I don't know, sociologist, anthropologist, you know, he uses field to talk about social fields. And he used it because of, not so much because of the field, the meadow as field, but the idea of a magnetic field. I think and, that's and, different. And so I was just wondering, yeah, with Kshetra, why did they use the English word field and what, what is it correspond to in the It's also could be translated as a land. So it's, it's more like field. It's like a prairie or field. Like a prairie. It's, it's a spatial dimension, but it's also ground. It's also this ground we sit on. So, yeah, I think that's huh. the meaning of it. I, I actually like the magnetic field idea better um, because um, although I think I think and I think there's limitations in the way world is a term field because um, if you think of sentient beings constituting the field, it's a little different. Um, you know, we have a magnetic field you know, you can see it, right, when you have little iron filings and, and they form a pattern. Um, but when you think of such a beings creating a field, it, it comes, you know, it's not just the Newtonian, you're a particle, you're acted on, but that you constitute a field because you align yourself with what's around you, which seems to me to make more sense. In, in terms of the way you're talking about about Buddha field. And I also wondered about assembly. Um, I mean, assembly in English is a noun. And, um, you know, if you say meeting or gathering or, I mean, Fontaine, the, one of my Grenadian languages I learned, you know, we say Tiobena, which means to come together, you, you know, which again, you get that idea of, of um, of intentional alignment? Yes. Which to me, again, that makes more sense to, in connecting assembly and, and, and Buddha field. But anyway, I wondered what the Sanskrit was for assembly. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure what the sign of Japanese is either. But the assembly just means that the, those who gather, this is in, in all sutras, they start with uh, uh, Ananda saying, that's what I heard at one time because he had this he was the Ajisha, the attendant for the Buddha, and he also had a photographic memory, so he recited all the sutras. But they often start with a description of all the beings who are present. So that's what the assembly means. It just means all the beings who are present to listen to the Buddha. But, uh, but it's more than just a collection. If, if, uh, well, it's their, it's, their, it's their presence and energy and, and yeah, contribution. Yeah, energy, when you say energy, that implies that idea of you know, intentional alignment. 
Yeah, well, they showed up. They showed up. Yeah, and like you were saying, we have control over where we show up. So it's it's not yeah, just right. a collection of objects. It's a gathering of people that are intentionally coming together and, and showing up. Right. So in the case of the sutras, there are, diff- there are some sutras, like the Flower Ornament Sutra in its beginning, has many, many different kinds of spirits who show up. Um, night spirits, day spirits, river spirits, mountain spirits, multiple body spirits. Uh, it's, it's wild. And that's the description of reality there. But going back to Buddha field or Buddha land, I, I, think, I think you're right that magnetic fields is, is relevant, but that's only part of it. It's, it's electromagnetic fields, it's physical object fields, it's well, quantum mechanical I, fields, it's, yeah. you know... I mean, I think there's limitations to the magnetic field of metaphor and, and you know, the way this Bourdieu uses it as a sociological term, too. I mean, but what he was trying to get at was when you talk about a social field, when you talk about people aligning themselves, it's different than just, like I said, it's just it's different than a particle being acted on. It, it's, it does have to do with that intention. Yes, it has to do with that intention. Aligning. So thank you, thank you. Um, other other comments or questions or responses? Anyways, thank you. Else, some question or response. David Ray. Thank you, Tygen. So uh, I had heard you mention that you were going to talk about this chapter, so I, I looked at it again. And um, coming back to it after after studying the rest of the sutra, it. It seemed, well, um, strange and on, on first reading, like almost, I mean, first reading this morning, it seemed almost naive to me. And I was relieved to get to the place where Shariputra says, hey, what about the fact that the world is shit? What about the fact that everything in the world seems to be covered in order? Uh, because the, the, the rest of the sutra seems to want to talk about how the, the, the path of Buddha is the path of the passions, is the path of the obstacles. And and you you know it, you you got to that in in your talk too. Um, it's strange that this book starts with this really full throated expression of the inconceivable wondrousness of reality, um, and then and then in in that chapter there's only the and and Shariputra kind of looks like you know kind of looks like a stooge. He, he's he's the only one saying this thing about about. Um, about the impurity of the world, um, which I guess I guess is both an advantage and a disadvantage. Anyway, the, that's those are some things that came up for for me listening to you talk and, and rereading that chapter. Yeah, thank you. Most of um, most I think most of to start from that place. Certainly, the Flower Ornament Sutra, the the uh, actually means Flower Ornament is a kind of uh, Chinese translation of name for the sutras in Sanskrit, more like abundance or multitudes, all the abundance of everything. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, it starts from this place of wonder, as you said, uh, and how wonderful and inconceivable and marvelous reality is. But then it does go into, I mean, the Malakirti, once he's introduced in the second chapter, is this great awakened layperson involved in all of the events and phenomena and disciplines and possibilities of this Saha world. And he goes into them and uh, intentionally for the sake of helping to develop and cultivate sentient beings, for all sentient beings to see this possibility uh, so, um, I think, you know, it, it, it's, an, it's an interesting question. What, the sutra starting off with this vision of wonder and beauty, uh, then, but, but also not ignoring, this is, this is the important part of the bodhisattva work, not ignoring, not, not just uh, settling into some sense of great joy and wonder and bliss, which is 
capacity that zazen can bring us to, but as Mahayana Bodhisattva practitioners, then we see all the suffering beings, all the difficulties of this Buddha field, and how do we respond to them? That's the question. How do we take care and respond? Uh, how do we make offerings to all the beings to help all beings realize the possibility of wonder and beauty and splendor, which is also which is this world, but also without ignoring racism and cruelty and fascist politicians and I was going to ask uh, as I was talking about this has anybody anybody helped me what anybody seen a Disney movie called Strange New Worlds can you say something about it Wade? oh it was it was delightful um, I don't want to give away any spoilers no no don't give away any spoilers <laughs> well but speaking of spoiling though I understand that now there's a teacher in Florida uh, who is probably going to get fired for showing her students this movie. Really? Yeah, the son in the movie is gay. Oh my gosh. Which I imagine <laughs> would be the reason. <laughs> Clutching my pearls, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, so, the, the, so that kind of thing is happening. Books are being banned. Some of my favorite books, Toni Morrison's Beloved is one of my three favorite novels, and, and it's being banned in many states. There's a lot of difficulty, and, there's, and there are uh, people being killed in subways in New York for just being mentally unstable and needing help. There are people being marginalized and treated. I mean, there's, you know, we could go on talking about all the difficulties in the Saha world. And it's important not to ignore them. That's part of what the Bodhisattva teaching is about. But it starts from this place that uh, what a wonderful world it could be, you know. Uh, so anyway, um, thank you. Other questions, comments, responses? I don't know if that helps, David, right? You know? It does. Thank you, Sagan. Other, any other questions? Uh, Karen, are you raising your hand? Oh, no, you're having a drink. Good. <laughs> Please take care. Anybody else? Questions, responses? This is strange stuff. This is, you know, this is advanced quantum physics, quantum entanglements. It should just... Uh, and it's which fits so well with some of the descriptions of reality in these Mahayana sutras. It's Indra's net. Indra's, yeah, Indra's net is one expression of that in the Mahayana Mahayana Sutra. That everything is totally interconnected. And when somebody on uh, Alpha Centauri gets a cold, Mike might sneeze. It's just, it's, it's all. Um, yeah, we're all connected. And this is a nice idea, but science is showing that it's actually physical reality. Strange as that sounds. Other questions, comments, reflections, responses to this strangeness? Is your hand up again? Yeah, I mean, Nobody else wants to say anything. Yeah, if you could, briefly, yeah, please. Um, yeah, when you were talking about control, I mean, I was thinking about about COVID and you know what we could learn from from COVID. And I was reading um, an evolutionary biologist talking about the evolution of the virus, and he said, "Well, we, you know, with it lately, the mutations have been less." Um, Um, you know, a bit more benign, but there's no guarantee that that's going to continue. And he said, you know, what he thinks is that eventually we'll get another worse one. And um, and 
the question is, so we can't control that. Um, right. But we, we can control how we respond. And what I think some of us are trying to do is, is, is you know, try to respond to what that means for, for taking care of people right. and for taking care of the people that have been most vulnerable. Yes. Um, and that's, that's the challenge. Yeah, I'm not even sure that we can control our responses because who we are, each of us sitting on wherever we're sitting here or online, is a combination of so many different experiences and qualities. So we can't control our own responses, but we can pay attention and observe them and uh, see Try to see well, I was how, how 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 to respond more helpfully. Yeah, so. but I mean, I was thinking, you know, not. I mean, we talk about an assembly, and you talk about a group of field, so you're talking about not just yourself as an individual, but of but how you align yourself with others and work together. And I mean, I'm in public health, so uh, you know, people in that field are. And, and it is a kind of field um, in, in the sense of people trying to align themselves to each other. And, and while none of us individually have control, there's, if we pay attention to each other, you know, and work together, and, and that goes back to the idea of the, the assembly and conscious gathering, you know, then, then yeah, then maybe we could change the way we're collectively responding, which is what at least some people are trying to do. Yes, so that's about Sangha. Yeah. In the widest sense. How do we learn from each other? How do we see each other? How do we appreciate each other and our various offerings and, and attempts at skillful, liberative technique as this sutra describes it. So yeah, this is a big project. And, uh, and it's an endless project. Uh, it's infinite and there, and it's not just about the people in this room or any room, it's about all Buddha fields, are totally connected. All Buddha fields are one Buddha field. So there are many resources for helping us to see how we are responding to help us cultivate more productive responses and how to develop our ability to make offerings to all beings. So yes, thank you. Thank you. So uh, there's time for one or two more comments or responses if anyone has any response or questions. Karen's hand is up. Yes, thank you. I can't hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, hi. I just um, have a very a small comment. I just wanted to say that I really love how um, uh, Buddhism and physics complement each other. And also, um, I wanted to tell you that I am grateful that you talk about that. Um, I think it's important. So that's all. Thanks. Thank you, Karen. And please uh, take care and get well. Um, yeah, it's um, well. There's so many different. Speaking of fields uh, of endeavor and study in our world now that are responsive and that are making offerings to the well-being of all beings, and so you know, it's very easy to feel. Uh, overcome or daunted or hopeless about the situation of the world and our politics and all of that. But um, beneath the surface, you know, maybe on the on the subatomic or quantum entanglement level, there's all kinds of stuff happening that uh, we don't appreciate that is very relevant to addressing the suffering of the world. And I think this might be why Suddenly, sometimes, wonderful things happen. And I've given examples of this, the, the, the Iron Curtain coming down, apartheid ending in South Africa, uh, 
gay marriage is being recognized by the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, all kinds of things happen suddenly that would not be that were not expected um, even a very short time before. And I think this is not unrelated to all of the ways in which we are connected and which bodhisattvas from different um, Buddha fields may be uh, unbeknownst to us usually um, helping helping to make things better. So, yeah, emergence. The systems here is called an emergence. Yeah, and just like the emergence of bodhisattvas from under the ground in the Lotus Sutra, which is startling and amazing. So maybe we'll we'll stop on that note. Um, we have um, our bodhisattva vows to uh, to recite together in that announcement. So thank you all very much for being present and being part of this talk.